going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ready Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Matt, we are heading into tomorrow where the 49ers take on the Seahawks, first divisional game of the year for San Francisco. We were just talking before we went on. We're not as optimistic for this game. How are you feeling? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not feeling that great, man. Um, I don't think we should either. We're like a cornerback injury away from Dante Johnson being CB1. So it's not looking great. I, I know you posted uh, earlier on the Instagram if Drake Kirkpatrick was going to start. That tells you about where we're at with the, you know, with what's going on in the secondary. And we saw in week two Jalen Hurts and some receiver whose name I already forgot throw a 91-yard go route, right? They didn't score any points off of it, but – you can rest assured if they give up those opportunities to Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, it's going to be a long day for the 49ers. Um, you're looking at this potentially being a shootout, and with that cornerback room the way that it is and with Jimmy Garoppolo still not being able to hit the throws that he needs to make, I don't know if they have the juice, man. It's unfortunate, but I don't know. I agree. Um, just real quick, for some reason, StreamYard got updated, and we cannot see any comments from Twitter Head over to our YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash 49ers side, but we can get all of your comments there. Um, or our Twitch, we are streaming live on all three platforms. I don't know what happened with Periscope and Twitter, but anyway. Unfortunately, yeah. Something weird happened. Uh, but head over to YouTube and we'll, we'll more than Technical difficulties. Exactly. There we go. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. Um, while you're here, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button on this video. We're trying to get 2,000 subscribers so we can give away a 49ers jersey. I say that as quickly as I can so we can get out of the way. Hit the subscribe yeah. button. Um, Matt, obviously, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the recap show of the, the Sunday night game lost to Green Bay. But the kind of consensus of all of it was Jimmy ain't cutting it. Would you say that that's a fair assessment going into the Seattle game? I think that's the groundswell from the fan base is that we see it. Um Shanahan came out and said, oh, Jimmy played great. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like, at some point, you have to do the big thing and just be like, mm, maybe it's not happening. And I think that he's doing that behind closed doors. But out in the open, he's still professing his support with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, oh, Jimmy's our guy. And Trey's not ready. And I get that. We've watched some of these other rookie quarterbacks, and they've struggled. I mean, it almost looked – I mean, Justin Fields was so bad, it almost looked like Matt Nagy was trying to submarine him, which maybe I don't put that past Matt Nagy or whatever. But I just – you know, it's – I worry about Jimmy Garoppolo and his ability to lead this team. And this is a game that is going to be a tough game, like all divisional games are. And if they lose this one and now we start snowballing and then we play Arizona coming into the bye – that might be it for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and if it's not, then we really need to evaluate what the hell Shanahan's doing. Um, and if he's making a mistake by riding the Jimmy Garoppolo train a little bit too long, Jimmy's missing too many throws. And for, uh, you know, Lombardi's like for every bad stat, you can put up a good stat for Jimmy too. And I'm like, well, the converse is true. Everything that you want to say about Jimmy, you can also put up something that shows that Jimmy's not getting the job done. So what that tells me, if you have a good stat for every bad stat that you have and vice versa, that tells me your quarterback is really average. And that's what we're stuck with. And so we're looking on the bench going like, man, if you just do these things, like um, it, it was put out on Twitter and, you know, I kind of had to toot my own horn, but I was like, I said this in the reaction show where you have 
Trey Lance out there bootlegging to the right, and he's sucking the defense towards the line of scrimmage because they have to respect his running ability, um, which creates more opportunity. And I know that that's been a sentiment going around when people did the All-22 film and they saw it, that they said the same thing. And it's just like, I mean, it's obvious to all of us, to all of us armchair quarterbacks, that Jimmy is not enough to get it done. Um, This roster as a Super Bowl roster is tenuous enough as it is without having to worry about, man, can Jimmy hit a 10-yard out to Muhammad Sanu without sailing the ball out of bounds? Yeah, and we saw that way too many times. It's unfortunate. And, you know, Fernando says it right here. I don't think we beat the Seahawks the way Jimmy is playing. And I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I think everybody feels the same way going into this game, unfortunately. Um, And I I was listening to the – Laura Britt, Matt Mayoko, Joe Staley, the NBC Sports 49ers podcast yeah. that they do. I think it's 49ers All Access, 49ers Talk. I'm forgetting the name right now. But um, they were Joe was basically making the point that statistically we're getting the Jimmy Garoppolo that we were expecting, that we were hoping for. But it's situationally that's the issue. Everything could – like you just made the point right now. For every good statistic or, or you know point of data, there's a bad point. And right. I think that – Joe maybe trying to defend his his friend, and we were talking about this again before he went on air. Is maybe he should have taken a couple of years between retiring and becoming an analyst because he knows these guys. Right. I think that it's not necessarily the statistics that are bad with Jimmy. It's he doesn't pass eyeball test. Um, Right. Colin Cowherd says, you know, quarterback face. Well, there's a lot more that goes into when you're looking at a quarterback and the easy throws, like the the wide open throw to Sanu you brought up, Matt. A lot yep. of these throws that are just like, what are you doing? What do you see? That fumble that he had Sunday night was atrocious. And somebody, yep. and we said this in the group chat, we ex- we would expect this and almost, I don't want to say accept it, but from a guy like Trey Lance, who's a couple, you know, first start possibly, oh, that's a rookie mistake. Jimmy's been in the league how many years? I mean, it, way yep. too long to know not to do this. So it's tough. Um I, I just really think that Kyle, this there's only one or two things that are happening to me. One, Kyle for some reason has this blind devotion to Jimmy Garoppolo, and which is strange because I think we both can agree we don't think he necessarily likes him. Um, or two, he wants the entire Bay Area to be on the same page that we need to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo before he actually makes the switch. Do you think which of those two do you think is more realistic? It, it's tough to say. Um, I want to address Eric Davis being on nothing but Niners and saying that he's not worried about Jimmy G. That's cool, man. You say a lot of things. He says a lot of things. We say a lot of things. But the eyeball test tells you something different. It's not just the past to Sanu. It's not just this and this and that. The fact of the matter is that the 49ers had one first down before a minute and 50 left to go in the first half. And this is the second time that they had gotten out of the first quarter with one or fewer first downs. And it's just not good enough. People were ragging on the defense, giving up those yards. But at that point, how many snaps did they play? How much were they on the field that they didn't need to be on the field because Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't get going? You're year eight and you're making these mistakes, you know? In the preseason, Trey Lance missed some throws, and we were sitting there and we were going, man, Lance has to hit those throws. And all the pundits were sitting there breaking down the film like, this is why Lance isn't ready. He can't hit these throws. 
And then I watched Jimmy Garoppolo throw a screen pass to Juszczyk that's behind him and at his back leg. And I'm just like, what are we doing? It's the same thing. You know, it's cool, man. Jimmy Garoppolo led us back or whatever. Really, that was 50 yards from George Kittle. And it was a tough draped catch from Debo Samuel with the defender all over him. The statistics don't tell the whole story. And like you said, it's not just the stats. It's the eyeball test. Joe Staley's going to say what he says because he's tight with Shanahan and, you know, to a lesser extent, Jimmy Garoppolo. And so he's going to keep it in house. He's still there, but it's just, it's not acceptable at this point and it's not going to win games. Nobody's afraid to throw outside, you know, of Jimmy Garoppolo thrown outside the numbers because he's just not going to do it. And when he does, it's almost picked, you know, everybody talks about, Oh man, we'll hit Debo on that deep pass in week one. Yeah. That he closed his eyes and just threw up in the air. Debo made an incredible play on wasn't a good ball that's for sure somebody posted the thing online that's like no one's afraid of jimmy garoppolo when his throw chart looks like the t-block in tetris it's true he doesn't do anything and Pete carroll and seattle have seen jimmy garoppolo enough to know take away the middle of the field and what do you got he's not gonna be able to throw yep and on top of that the 49ers are struggling now to run the ball which just compounds that problem so now you're looking at defense that's going to be tired because jimmy can't sustain drives Jimmy's going to be less effective because he can't work off a of play action. And the run game, which is your bread butter, is non-existent because nobody's afraid of Jimmy Garoppolo and they're going to stack the box. This is a team in turmoil, and they better figure it out quick because they're in trouble if they just keep riding the Jimmy Garoppolo train. Jimmy's been figured out. Yep. We need to see what Trey Lance is because they're going to come out of that bye week two and three, and nobody's going to like it. No, and in last place, um, we got a super chat. $20 from Debbie Ryan. Debbie, thank you so much. That's awesome. Uh, Debbie says, I really feel that Jimmy has lost confidence in himself, especially after the comment he made about just following the plays that Kyle gives him. That's a real cop out to me. Um, I'm not yeah, sure I if you that saw was that. Blame game. I thought that was blame game stuff from Jimmy Garoppolo. I agree. Like, I'm just running the plays that Kyle calls. Okay, well, you're the quarterback. You choose where you throw. You choose whether you can the play or you let it rock, right? Like you yep. have options. He sends you in there with multiple plays, and it doesn't seem like he's choosing the right ones. I mean, what what has he done over what, – what was that? PFF put out the thing of, like, most turnover-worthy throws and least big-time throws, and it's Jimmy Garoppolo on both sides, and it's just like, man, it's so bad. There was a uh, – the big one going around is Kittle going across the formation in a zone where, you know, they were like, oh, we thought they called man or whatever. And before pre-snap, it was like, this is obviously not man. Yeah. And second of all, even if it was zone – Jimmy threw that ball so bad. I mean, Kittle had a point where he was open. And it was as Jimmy was throwing the ball. But Jimmy just threw it to a terrible spot, and it almost got picked off. And it's just like, what are you seeing? Yeah, I just – I don't get it. I don't get it. It's really bad. I don't get it either. Um, here's the picture that you're referring to, Matt. So let me take Debbie's count. So you'll see Jimmy Garoppolo, the very far left and the highest – so the highest turnover-worthy play rate with the well, I mean, technically rate. speaking, Trevor Lawrence is the highest, but Jimmy's like top ten in turnover-worthy well, throws, and he's when it comes to the, the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's but it's a like very it's, when you ugly. factor them in both, it's just like that's really bad, man. Yeah, and especially how experienced he is, um, it's it, it's it's a shame because he's not even making the big throws like you said his his 
throw chart looks like a Tetris game. Right. Um, he needs to push the ball down the field. Matt, how many times, and we'll get into the Seattle game, but this really, I think, is pertinent to that because this is what we're going to see again tomorrow. How many times were there eight or nine men in the box when Jimmy was under center or Most in shotgun? Times. Most times. They, they don't respect Nobody's him scared. as a passer at all. It's It's telling. And when Trey Lance gets in there, I think you don't see that at all. You see something totally different because – like Kyle has said multiple times, it becomes 11 on 11. You now don't get that extra man on defense because they have to count for Trey's rushing ability. I don't know why Kyle doesn't yeah. use him more. Um, I know, I think Matt Barrows asked him, why don't you use Trey Lance more so earlier in the game when the defense, or excuse me, when the offense is lacking that spark? And I don't know, Kyle kind of gave a non answer, something along the lines of, well, you know, he's used in situational, you know, situa- certain situations where. Uh, we feel like you could utilize him the most. I don't know, so, some BS answer, but right. he needs to be utilized earlier on, right? That's not just me. It, yeah, it, it just makes it difficult because of the rhythm thing, right? It just, I don't, I don't. Again, I said from the beginning, I don't like this two quarterback thing. I just think if you're going to make the switch, make the switch. And at this point, what is the the downside to playing Trey over Jimmy? I don't really think there is one. Um, I know Jossup says in the chat. Uh, I'm not worried about if Trey Lance will play or not. His time is coming. We aren't winning none of these difficult games with Jimmy. So when we can't clinch a playoff spot, we will probably see Trey. I don't think it's even going to get that far. If they lose these next two games and go into the bye two and three, that's it for Jimmy. That's done. Because then what are you doing? You're losing games anyway. You have a losing record after five weeks with Jimmy Garoppolo. Time to get the new dude ready. If you're not going to win games to begin with, play him and get him experience because sitting him out two years isn't going to do anything for him and you know it's i don't know man it's just i'm not we i know i know it's you know it's kind of like playing the record on repeat to just go after jimmy garoppolo but it's a real problem at this point and i think we all see it i wouldn't be surprised honestly if he throws three picks tomorrow yeah i I wouldn't either um it's a shame because it does seem like every week we come in here we talk about when are the 49ers going to make the switch and this could all go away if Jimmy just played at even an above average level, but he's not. And we've seen now, I mean, the past two team, past two games, excuse me, the Eagles and the Packers, the 49ers took way too long to get going. They were find themselves in a hole last week already, 17-0. If the Eagles were a competent team and had a you know serviceable offense, they probably would have been down something like 17-0 as well again in the second game. Um right. And it's it, it's tough, and you know, like you said to begin the show, Matt, you lose guys like Josh Norman, Kwan Williams. The 49ers secondary is completely depleted. They reached out to Richard Sherman, but according to Sherman, it was more of a down the line type situation. If we need you, we'll call you. Sherman ends up signing in Tampa, and then they end up with Drake Kirkpatrick, and um, I don't even remember who else they signed. Um, I know uh, who is it, uh, Deontay. Something or other is coming off of IR. Um, but it's, it's just not good enough, man. That that DB room is completely messed up. Um, yeah, it's it's just not great. It's not it, great. It, it's tough. Kyle's doing. Um, Jimmy's uncomfortable in the pocket. He's He pets the ball more than I pet my dog, dude, and I love my dog. You know what I, I mean? Agree. Yeah. And so everybody's getting ready for him to throw. As soon as he pets the ball, everybody's like, all right, he's throwing. Yep. 
Um, that little the thing that he did with the fumble. It's just like year eight, man. I know you've only had enough starts for to be technically year three because you get injured so much, but I don't know. Uh, part of me, and I, I don't want to do this, right? But part of me is just like, man, maybe we need to make the decision for Kyle. You know, Jimmy, go out there and, and get walloped enough that you have to pull him out because, you know, he got hurt or something, you know? It seems I, like I don't want anybody that's to get injured. Hoping. I'd rather Kyle just see what everybody else is seeing and go, hey, man, that's it. Yep. And I know Seattle's really bad defensively, but, like, that's all the more reason. Like, if Jimmy doesn't get it done tomorrow, it's just like, that. man, that's a bad defense. Kirk Cousins threw 30 up on these fools without Dalvin Cook. Yep. You know, like – if Jimmy can't get it done, like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's tough because going into last week's game, we said the same thing. Green Bay's defense was trash. They just got lit up, you know, basically two weeks in a row. Yeah. And then the 49ers went in there. They completely lost. This is where I will give Jimmy some credit. Alex Mack was trash most more often than he was. Yeah, I'm really surprised by that. Alex Mack has looked like dog shit this last couple of weeks. Like, the, like this Jimmy season, help. he's not been good. No. And it's tough when you get your center completely demolished within three seconds of snapping the ball. So I'll give Jimmy a little bit of credit there. Maybe not even credit, just, okay, an excuse that's not completely your fault. The trenches need to get better because they were completely dominated by Green Bay's offensive and defensive line, which is something I would have never imagined would have happened going into that game. Um, Nick Bosa, we talked about him uh, going into last week, saying how he's going to feast. The Packers were down to their third string left tackle. He was to completely be fair, negated. Bosa was everywhere. He was everywhere, but Bosa was everywhere, and Aaron he got Rogers. held like a motherfucker again. And he was at least disrupting stuff. He had a pass breakup. He was consistently putting pressure on Aaron Rodgers. It's just none of the other guys could get home, and that's because they were throwing so many quick passes that didn't give them an opportunity to do that. Now, I don't think Seattle's capable of that type of offense. DK Metcalf is not the type of guy who's going to run quick routes for you. That's just not what he does. Um, Tyler Lockett is coming off of, of, you know, an injury. He's going to play, but it's it's an injury nonetheless. They're, they like to take those shots. Um, so it gives the defense time to get home, and that could be a saving grace for the 49ers. They just have to contain Russell Wilson, who is so good at escaping the rush. And I think that's kind of what Seattle's relying on right now. But Seattle's gotten out to hot starts and then just completely flamed out on offense. If they continue to do that, we should still be in the game and still be in the driver's seat. But Jimmy has to be able to push the ball against a bad defense. And if he can't, then it's just like we can't wait until, you know, two seconds left in the half before Shanahan's like, well, shit, I got to get points here. Might as well put the kid in because he gives us so much extra. Right. It's just not. It's not what they're what they're you know what they want to do. So yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. Um, but let's go ahead and get into this Sa- Seattle San Francisco matchup. Mm-hmm. Man, I am extremely nervous about this game. Um, let's Me start too. off with the injury reports. Um, so going into tomorrow, Kwan is out with a calf injury. Um, doubtful. Nope. Josh Norman out right. They they officially list him as doubtful. He's not gonna um, play. He was coughing up blood. He took that helmet to the chest Sunday night. Questionable. Yeah, I didn't know where he got injured, and then I watched the video, and I was like, oh, dude, no, no wonder, man. He got he got worked. It was a tough tough hit. I mean, crown of the helmet right underneath that chest. So the shoulder pads have that little chest protector, but it's right underneath, man. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it's unfortunate because he, he was actually playing relatively well. He got a couple of BS oh, yeah. calls on him, but I, I was impressed with what I saw from Josh Norman. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's tough. That was the Packers' go-to. Throw it up and let the refs do the rest. Um, I hate to sound like that fan, but I, it really was. Um, continuing on with the injury report, Javon Kinlaw, George Kittle, and Elijah Mitchell are all questionable. It sounds like George Kittle um, is going to at least probably play. He's going to give it a test. Um, yeah, Mitchell, I think Mitchell is going to play too. Okay, awesome. He was limited Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, so we'll have to see about that. Um, and then on the Seahawks side, let me pull it up. They have out Rashad Penny and tackle Brandon Shell. And doubtful is a wide receiver, D. Eskridge, with a concussion. Questionable, Benson Mayawa, linebacker neck. Uh, defensive end Alton Robertson with a knee injury and Tyler Lockett with a hip injury. So Tyler Lockett is officially questionable um, going into tomorrow's game. He's it's going play. to be tough. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, okay, I need to ask you about this, Matt, because I know we sure. talked about it in our in our chat as well. Um, Grant Cohn put out an article saying that there was dissension within the 49ers locker room. You touch, touched on it a little bit earlier as far as uh, the players and the coaches going back and forth as far as who is at fault. There were some quotes like Jimmy Garoppolo saying, I go out there and execute the plays that are called. Like George Kittle saying, we were seeing fronts we were not prepared for. There are ways to get around that. However, we didn't do that. That's not the plays that were called, basically. What do you make of this? Do you think Grant is onto something, or do you think he's blowing smoke up everyone's ass? It, it's hard to say right now. Um, I think that there's just a lot of tension because I feel like the team feels like they should have won that game last week. So um, the run game is not effective. Jimmy Garoppolo is not effective. I think this is just the natural first step to being like, all right, we need to get Trey in there because something's not working. Um, I don't know. It's just the Jimmy thing was a cop out. I think that, you know, George Kittle is going to be stubborn and defend his dude, Jimmy Garoppolo. But at the same time, you know, it's not like Kyle is calling these pristine games either. There's room for improvement all the way around, and they have to do it quickly. Otherwise, this is going to be another lost season. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and Kyle talked about it. There was one from – there's a quote where he talked about the fourth and one from like the 50 where he punted. Yeah. That I thought was the ultimate cowardly move. However, he said he stood on the opposite side of the field. He thought the run, which I believe it was Trey Sermon, lost a couple of yards. He said going into that third and one call, it was a two-down situation. He thought almost for sure we're going to get it, if not on third and fourth. But then they lost yards in his mind. And he said from up top, they also thought they lost yards. Turns out they got back to the line of scrimmage and they punted. These are calls that Kyle Shanahan decisions needs to clear up, needs to get straightened out because – that potentially costs them the game. I mean, it's it's tough yeah. to say that early on. However, you get three points there, that changes everything. Um, so I do think that there is some truth to the, the players and maybe feeling like, what the hell, we can only do so much. But at the same time, we've seen it for three weeks now. Kyle's drawing up these plays for guys like Brandon Ayuk, and Jimmy's simply not executing. He's yeah. not hitting him where he should be hitting him. We saw the play of Debo going over the field, 20 yards down the field, throwing his arms up because he's so mad that he missed him. These are plays that a veteran quarterback with Jimmy's experience should not be making or should yeah, be making. It, yeah, Jimmy's got to hit those throws. That's for sure. Um, 
the way the way Shanahan describes it, like it's cool, man. Like, okay, you thought you lost down a distance, but at the same time, just look at the fucking markers, man. Like, just look at the marker, and you should be able to tell. There's no excuse for him not to be in communication with somebody, even if it's somebody that's like watching the line of scrimmage, and just like you know, if it's even close. They, you know, they get behind the line of players or whatever. They make eye contact with Shanahan and go one yard, two yards, like this much or whatever, yeah. right? So that way he's aware because I know that he likes to watch from a three-quarters angle down the field so that he can see how the defense is kind of rolling out to see, you know, what he wants to do next. It's just not good enough, you know? Um, it's the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo missing throws, you know? Debo's getting pissed. Ayuk's not being utilized correctly. George Kittle before this week, and, you know, he had those catches uh, for 92 yards. What's he done? Yep. It, it, it is, it's frustrating, you know. We sit here, and we can see it. We all watch the film, and when when you watch Kyle Shanahan come out and defend this stuff, you're like, what film are you watching, man? Like, we're, we're looking at it. We're watching this, the same film that you're watching, and you, what are you missing? What are we missing? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I think that he's just, you know, I still think that he's hedge, hedging his bet where he's saying that, you know, I can't make this switch until it's absolutely clear that we have to play Trey Lance. Cause I feel like once he goes Trey Lance, he's not going to go back. Yeah. And can't. I don't think he's there yet. And it feels like he's trying to draw out this decision until even the most ardent Jimmy supporters like, like George Kittle and others are on his side so that he can go, no, it's Trey time. And it just, it makes for a frustrating watching experience for the 49ers. Uh, I feel like they're leaving so much out there on the table. We are. Um, they are. Excuse me. There's this comment from Tavarius here. Jimmy does not trust wide receivers. There's absolutely no reason why I feel like he shouldn't. Jimmy doesn't trust his own arm. That's it. And, and, and I think it plays into exactly what you touched on there. He knows once the switch is made, he's done in San Francisco. He knows yep. that once – and this is what's kind of mind-boggling to me is that that therefore makes him play more conservatively, yet he still is making just as many boneheaded mistakes. That's not going to win you the job or let you keep the job, you know? It, it, it's tough. Um, there are a couple comments here I wanted to get to. First, obviously, Melissa, thank you very much. The Matt and Zach this past week was International Podcast Day. RGS with you and two, or with you two and the whole Hive family is 100 Love to you, the dynamic doing the whole high fam. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We appreciate it very much. Mm-hmm. A whole team loves you. Thanks for your support. Absolutely. Uh, Debbie, we actually have an ace up our sleeve with Trey. Why aren't we using him? We can't keep him hidden much longer. Teams don't know what to expect with him in the game. He's a double threat. Just do it. Yeah. And, you know, Kyle does this thing where, like, oh, you know, Trey's not ready and these rookies make mistakes. And then I'm just looking at Jimmy do his thing and I'm like, well, Jimmy's making mistakes too. Yeah. And it's like, you know what Jimmy is. He has a ceiling. So do you go with the guy with the low ceiling at, and maybe the higher floor? Or do you go with the guy who's got the higher ceiling and you deal with some of those growing pains or whatever? Because it's not just, you know, we talked about it. Jimmy Garoppolo getting off of these throw start, slow starts. It doesn't just affect the offense. It affects not just the passing game. It affects the run game. It affects the defense. Special teams becomes more critical because if you're punting all the time, then Mitch Wisnowski, who won – NFC player of the month, like for special teamers, like, damn, man, your punter wins player of the month. That means he's doing entirely too much punting, Yep. you know, and good on him. He's, he's 
pinning the ball inside the 20, and he's doing all these great things. But the 49ers need to be driving the ball down the field more, chewing up more clock. You know, outside. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, their time of possession is not where it needs to be. And that gets your defense tired. And they give up leads. Cool, man. Jimmy scored the touchdown. That's great. That's great that he was able to do that. Most of that was on a George Kittle rack. But at the same time, your defense got wiped out in the first half, and therefore, you know, there's a there's a mistake from Fred Warner not dropping as deep on his own as he should have. There's, you know, players out of position because they're tired. These things make a difference, and everything is interconnected. It's not just, oh, well, Jimmy put us in a position to win. We shouldn't have been that close to begin with. And if Jimmy does his job, that game's a blowout. Simple as that. Well said. Well said. Or if Kyle puts Trey in a couple more plays, I want to see him utilized more. And I think that's kind of the consensus from the whole fan base is that we see the 49ers offense have success when Trey is in there, as long as they don't run those stupid runs right into the line where they go for like one or two yards. And I want to see Trey pass because he's got that rocket. of. If you're so concerned that the defenses are stacking the box, why not bring Trey in once every couple of series for a deep bomb? I mean, I guess then you would know it's only going to be Trey doing the deep bombs. But still, it's like they need to do something to keep these defenses up because right now they have zero respect for Jimmy Garoppolo as a passer. Well, it's like I said, when when Trey rolled out on that bootleg to the right down by the goal line and he brought the defenders to the line of scrimmage, George Kittle got tackled. So that was, Mm -hmm. you know, they – through the flag, we were able to get a first down. Um, but that kind of stuff layers the defense. So you suck linebackers toward the line of scrimmage because they're potentially going to have to get Trey. That means you have corners and safeties on the back end, excuse me, um, covering George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk was in the back of the end zone. That's three layers of players that you have right there. Um, and, yes, it's only one side of the field, but, like, you're making moves, man. And it's just not something – I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo rolls out and everybody's just like – they're dropping back in pass coverage because they're like, even if Jimmy takes off and I'm standing – even if Jimmy takes off at the five and I'm standing in the end zone, I know that I'm so fast and Jimmy's so slow that I can yeah. put a hit on him before he even gets close. Yeah. And that's not what they're going to be able to do with Trey. Trey's going to be able to get out there, and it's like you better go up and, and respect his running ability, otherwise he's going to run it in. And if you don't respect, and if you do respect the running ability, now you've layered the defense and pulled them towards the line of scrimmage, which opens up space for the wide receivers to work behind. And Trey's going to be able to do it. And we've seen it so many times with players like Kyler Murray, with players like Russell Wilson, with play, even Aaron Rodgers will roll out on those bootlegs, suck people up to the line of scrimmage, and now you're sitting there with so much more open space to work with. And I know people are going to say, "Oh, well, we're eight for eight and touchdowns in the red zone." Some of that is Trey Lance, man. I mean, Trey Lance has 25% of those those touchdowns in the red zone despite playing five snaps this season. So, you know, six one half dozen of the other, I think that you're going to take the mistakes with Trey because of the upside that he's going to bring you. Yep, I agree. I agree. It's really well said. A um, couple comments here. Blame Jimmy for the running back struggle defense stack of the box because they know he is no threat from deep. Yep. Exactly. Also, there was something weird where Kyle Shanahan didn't give the ball to Trey Sermon until like the third quarter. Hand off the ball, I should say. Like, Juice Check started the game at running back, 
And we saw a lot more of that. I don't know if he feels like he's an experience or whatever the case may be. I think it was still the the reason why he was inactive in week one. I, I agree. In Shanahan Stockhouse. I agree. It's it's weird. Yeah. Um, Hunk Fat says, I think Grant is onto something, to be honest. I don't think Grant is 100% off. I think that he sensationalizes a little bit, but his core message, at least this year, has been pretty accurate. I don't think he's under any illusions telling you, oh, Trey Lance is going to come in and be a top three quarterback in the league right off the bat. I think that he is where we're all at, where it's like Trey Lance is going to have some growing pains, but at the same time, you take those growing pains because of the potential upside, and you're getting him ready for year two, for year three, to be that guy that can just take off. Yep. Yep. Well said. Uh, Steve said, when Ted says it's Trey time, it's Trey time. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah Ted. Who, Ted put up, who put up put up that old comment that Jimmy Which doesn't one? ever throw oh, deep? Oh, here we go. Man, you know what? The one time he threw deep last, last week, what happened? Pick. 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 Because – and people were like, well, you know, Kittle had a step, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, he should have thrown him open. Like, if you know Jair Alexander's on the right side of the of the hash, throw that shit to the left. Throw away from Jair so he can't come backside like that and pick it off. Yep. You know? You put enough air under that ball that Kittle's going to look at it and be like, okay, I got to – all right, we got to mosey over here. Right? He's still in front of the corner. He's still going to be able to make that play. It's not like George Kittle is slow, but he threw it in, in a way that pinched George Kittle against Jair Alexander's coverage. The coverage was able to bracket because he threw the ball to the wrong spot. Yeah. And that's between the numbers. That's his bread and butter, and he made that mistake. Not no, good, man. Not good at all. Um, let's see. Melissa's I'm running my 49ers side hoodie watching dynamic duo with a cuddly poodle. <laughs> that's awesome. That sounds like a good Saturday night to hey, me. You know what? I saw that I saw that hoodie on Twitter. It looked nice. Yeah. It looked real nice. Uh defense gotta dominate this game, period. Spinic danger. And that, but that goes into what Jimmy Garoppolo has to sustain drives. And even like you just can't do this three and out bullshit that he's doing. You can't have one first down and a half. And that's what they've been doing. If you can get listen, you don't have to score every drive down. Like that's unrealistic to ask of anybody. But at least make your drive six, seven, nine plays or whatever, even if you're not scoring, because it at least gives your defense time to catch a break, to get a breather so that they're not gassed out in the second half. You know, And the defense did a great job of holding in the second half, and the 49ers scored more points in the second half. But those reps still count. You know, It's like going to the gym. Yeah, listen, you could still kick up that bench press at the end, right? You're still hitting that bench, but you're not going to get as many reps. And when you get towards the end, you're gassed out. Why? Because that first set was a motherfucker. Yep. And you could, you know what I mean? Like you had to work so hard those first few sets that at the end you're spent. That's the way defense works too. And when they have to be out on the field so long, you know, you can't do high rep work on the bench press and then up oh, now I'm going to do a strength strength workout where I'm doing a, a three rep max or whatever. Doesn't work that way. Your muscles are already super tired. Same thing with the defense. They have to be out there for 50 snaps in the first half or whatever whatever it was. And then at the end, when you need the two snaps, they don't have anything left in the tank. They're, they're yep. done. They're done. And that's where fatigue causes mental errors. It causes recognition errors. It causes you to be a step slow. Maybe reaction time's a little dull. And that's all because you couldn't get first downs in the first half and sustain drives. Not even necessarily points. 
but that you just couldn't sustain drives. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo extends that out, even if it's 17 to 7 at halftime like it was, right, if the defense played 10 less snaps, they have eight more snaps of energy at the end of the game. So it's true. And it's a huge factor that, that a lot of people don't really seem to consider. Um, but the defense will be getting a huge addition, literally huge in Mo Hurst. He was activated and he should be uh, up and ready to go tomorrow. Defensive tackle Maurice Hurst. That should be a lot of help at the very least for the 49ers run defense. So I'm excited right. to see him back in action. Eric's going to ask me. Eric's going to ask me about it. Which which Eric? Eric Hernandez. Oh. The salute to service hat this year is garbage. It's terrible. It's ugly. It looks like shit. Especially after this was the one last year. This one's fire. This one's amazing. This is a great hat right here. The one this year looks awful. Pull pull it up, Zach. It's ugly. I'm so I usually buy these every year, and I'm skipping this year's. Did you send it as a link or a picture? I sent it as a picture in the group. Oh, I chat. see it right here. It's awful. It's yeah. I'm super disappointed. It looks ugly. The colors clash. It doesn't look good. I feel disrespected as a vet. That's an ugly hat. Look at that. Yikes. Thing. That son of a bitch is ugly. <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Whoever designed that needs to get fired. Yeah, it's it, it's not great. We got another super chat. Thank you very much, Tyler Weber. Thank you, Tyler Weber. Wagner is going to have a damn field day tomorrow. Jimmy and linebackers are best friends. Wagner's Ooh. even on the decline too. I don't think he's as good as he used to be, but good lord, man, Jimmy's That's gonna. Tough. I I bet you Wagner gets a pick on Jimmy tomorrow. I wouldn't doubt it. Jimmy just yeah. has this blind spot for him. Ian Sharp says it perfectly. Indecisive, it's an indecisive hat. hat. What do you want? Do you want the camo? Do you want it to be black? Do you want the red in it? Like, you got to figure it out, man. You got to figure it out. Hey, play my little jam because this hat is fucking ugly. Play it. All right. Play it. <laughs> I'm so disrespected by that. So Matt Ram, baby. So disrespected. By the way, if we lose tomorrow night or tomorrow in the afternoon and we do the reaction show, Matt, or uh, you better have that graphic ready, Zach. It'll be ready, ready to go. Golly, especially if I hear the, the post presser and Shanahan says some out-of-pocket stuff. You know he will. You know he will. Oh, yeah. um, we're going to take some questions, some comments here, then we'll get back into this preview. Uh, Melissa... This one was before. Question is, do we see some legit run calls for Trey Lance? Because aside from those three runs to Detroit, he's gotten the touchdown and first downs. I want to see more passes out of him because I think yeah. that's going to make the runs more effective. Like when Lance came into the game with two seconds left in the half, I was just like, he's going to run it. Like there's, he's not throwing. He's definitely going to run it. And the next time he came in, I was like, they ran it last time. He's going to pass it. And if you have that predictability, it's going to lessen the effectiveness of what Trey Lance can do. So you have to vary up that play calling. So I'd like to see him actually, you know, broaden the game more if you're not going to make the switch. Maybe if he gets two snaps this week, don't run any runs with him. Throw two passes. Yeah. That way, even if you're only playing him two snaps, the defense, you know, the defensive coordinators are like, well, I mean, he ran 100% of the time this week and then 0% of the time this week. I don't know. It could be anything, and that's what you want them to say. Lance could come in for anything, and it makes his packages more effective. So that's yep. what I want to see from him. 
Uh, Debbie said this game, this is the game the team really wants to win. That's good and bad because it makes the team more susceptible to injury because they'll be going all out to get the win and the quarterback must be accurate. The accuracy is the big thing to me. Yeah. Because Jimmy's missing throws that every NFL quarterback should make. It's throws that I like, even Josh Allen, who was not the most accurate person in the world, is making those throws on the money, 10 yard outs at the sticks that Jimmy is just not able to hit. You know, Sherfield didn't get a lot of run, but the run that he had, it was just like Jimmy missed him and he was open on the sideline. And that would have been a first down and he just didn't hit it. You know, same thing with Sanu. Sanu not getting a ton of snaps. When he is, he's doing his job and getting open, and it's just Jimmy missing. And it's just like you can't miss those throws. There are low percentage throws that you can miss, but a 10-yard out, you know, especially against certain coverages, that's a gimme throw. Yeah, it's one the offense needs just to keep the chains moving. Um, What's up, Nico? Thanks for tuning in. Corey says that ball floated in the air. Jimmy, The one that Jimmy threw to Kittle. Yep, Jimmy floater. It's TM. Yep. Jimmy threw a rainbow on that pass. Defender had time to run at it. Look, at you guys are both on the that, same page. I know, here. and that's that's exactly what that is. When he yep. threw that ball to Kittle, I was like, man, there is a lot of air under that ball. And it only went like 35, 40 yards downfield. It's not like he rocketed that shit like 70. It's not like Mahomes throwing a deep route to Tyreek where you're just like, all right, he's throwing that thing all the way across the damn field. Yeah. Right? It was just no. like, all right, cool, man. He's throwing yeah. it between the two safeties. But then the corner has time to come over the top. Yep. Lance would have, like, if you flatten that out a little bit, it gets there quicker. And then Jair doesn't have the time to come over and do that. Get Jair is like a step behind, right? And it's one of those plays where you throw it over the middle. And instead of being able to play the ball, Jair has to play George Kittle. And maybe he misses Kittle and takes out the corner and then touchdown. We've or it's a PI. We saw it happen later in the game yep. where the two, where the two uh, defenders hit each other. Yep. You know, and it, and it made room or whatever. And, yeah, so. It's, it's unfortunate. By the way, speaking of the Packers game, shout out to Jimmy Ward, who put a thumping on Devontae Adams and didn't get fined. So, legal hit. If the NFL doesn't fine you, they're telling you that hit's okay. I can't believe that people were saying not only should he be fined, he should have been ejected and suspended multiple games. That is a textbook legal hit. Right. Devontae lowered himself into that hit. Yes. Devontae jumped for the ball, and when he came down, he ducked his head. Now, listen, Ward lowered the shoulder. He was going. He made contact with the chest first, incidental helmet contact. It's unfortunate, but don't be mad at Ward. Be mad at the NFL spotters who let Devontae Adams back in the game. Oh, my God. And they can justify it however they want. I think we lost Zach there. Um, they can justify it however they want, but Devontae Adams looked like out, out. Sorry about that. There you are. No, you're good. Back button on my mouse. Uh oh. I was no, saying- but uh, what I was saying was, you can listen. It was. It could have been an acting job or whatever. But Devonte Adams looked out, and and the the red hat guy, he needed to be like, mm, I don't know about that. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that was bad. Anyway, moving on to this week. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you, um, legendary. Let me pull it up here. Is it this one? No, it's not this one. Right here. Legendary Greg Cassell via KNBR. I'm not sure if you saw this quote, Matt, but I thought it was very interesting. He said, quote, I don't know what Jamal Adams is. Adams is really not that good of a player, and he's not 
an impactful player. He's basically a 5'11", 210-pound weak side linebacker. You have to play a certain way with him, and it hurts your overall defense. Yeah, he's a box safety. He's not He's he's not good in coverage. If Adams is out there playing coverage, you got problems. So, I agree. I kind of agree with him, but at the same time, he is a good pass rusher. Like He gets a lot of sacks. So when they safety blitz him, he's very effective. But again, like again, you could be a weak side linebacker and do the same shit. So yeah, maybe he's on to something. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because it seems like a lot of people kind of have this thought. However, it's never really been said that clearly. I, I think mean, we, me and Scott, especially in the chat, uh, Scott's been on the show before, but me and Scott have talked about like, man, he is not good in coverage. No, like, he's a great in the box safety in terms of like against the run and rushing the passer. But if you put him out in space, he does not make good decisions. He's probably going to get burned. Like, so to give him as much money as they gave him, considering, I mean, they had to do it considering the price they paid in draft picks. But I, you know, that contract's going to be one of those ones we look back, I think, and, and we're like, man, that's a bad contract because he's not worth what they're giving him. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, going into tomorrow, I know we talked about the injuries already but per jeremy fowler uh there's some shakeup going on in seattle secondary they're looking into multiple options due to struggles against the pass with newly acquired corners bless austin and sydney jones bracing for expanded roles depending on what coach p carroll decides for game day if the 49ers are not able to take advantage of this shakeup whatever the hell seahawks have going on yeah i want heads to roll i want something to oh, happen yeah. because the same thing should have happened last week when the Packers were down. Uh, was it Kevin King or whoever their other starting corner is? I know he wasn't fantastic, but still, they were with some new guys in the secondary, and they let them abuse them all day long. The Seahawks have been atrocious all season long. I know it's a young season, but still, the Niners need to find a way to let their receivers win these battles because they haven't so far, and if they have, Jimmy hasn't gotten the ball to them when they, they have, so... I felt that that was worth reporting. Yeah. It's not good. No. It's not good. I mean, the Seahawks defense is not – this is not the Legion of Boom. Their defense sucks. They're one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, I don't know. DraftKings has Seattle uh, as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road, but even – I mean, I would take the 49ers at two-and-a-half. I mean – I don't know. I'm worried about the game, but not so worried that I think that, I mean, they're bad. They're bad. They are bad. Yeah. It's so iffy because it's like if the 49ers offense just shows up and does what they are supposed to do and what they should do, I think the 49ers should win this game convincingly. However, we haven't seen four consecutive quarters of good football from the 49ers offense. 49ers in, in general. Yeah. So they need to get it together. And it's I thought tough. one good thing that came from the Sunday night loss to the Packers is that this could have been a really big teaching moment for the team. And you mm-hmm. saw Nick Bosa. I think I sent the quote into the chat yesterday where he said, you know, look, we got in. I was extremely annoyed after the game. I called my loved ones. They helped calm me down. And then the next day we got in to the, uh, the group meeting and we kind of it was a very interesting discussion, and we all agreed who could have done what better, something along those lines, which I thought was very right. telling. 
it was good for the fans too, by the way. Um, put put uh, put Ty Anderson's comment back up though. This one right here. I want to address that? Yeah, Ty Anderson says, says the huge overreaction on Twitter from this loss is probably just due to everyone seeing the team's glaring weaknesses. They may not be a Super Bowl team like we thought; might only be a wild card team. Here's the thing: the DB room was always a problem for me, and I talked about this. I talked about this last year when people were like, oh, you got to pay Jason Verrett. Oh, you got to pay Jason Verrett. And I'm like, dude, his injury history tells me you don't pay Jason Verrett. And what happens? Torn ACL week one, out for the season. And I hate to say, like, I was right, but I was right. And they needed to do more than they did. Cool, you drafted Amber Thomas in the third round, but, like, guys, your third-round picks suck. Like, you should have drafted him in round two. You should have drafted a corner in round two named Asante Samuel, and you would have been a lot better off. Or at least like Creed Humphrey, so you don't have to rely on Alex Mack, who was also looking terrible this year. Real, real quick, just to jump in. Creed Humphrey, I saw a stat that he had not – he's the only rookie offensive lineman to not allow a sack. I think it was per pro football focus. I wanted to tag you in it, but I think I was wiping away the tears from my eyes. Uh, they, were, they were coming down too hard because it, it's painful. I, I talked about Creed Humphrey like like – I think midway through last year, I was you like, were when it was when um, we knew that uh, that damn I forgot his name. Uh, our center last year that got hurt. Oh, that was God. hurt. Oh, uh, ah, from the from the Giants, uh, Western Richburg. Yeah, Richburg. When when I knew that Richburg wasn't going to play anymore, I was like, all right, who can I look at at center slash guard? that they could transition, that would be really good. And then I was like, Creed Humphrey, Oklahoma. Like, it's just, it makes too much sense. You called it like, immediately. Immediately, Creed yeah. Humphrey. And now he's in a spot where the rich get richer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's so crazy to me. And, and not only that, but seeing Creed Humphrey ball out with Kansas City and then Asante Samuel Jr., like our guy Dion of ball the Chargers, balling out with the Chargers. And meanwhile, we have... Uh, Ambry Thomas and Aaron Banks inactive. Who have they done haven't nothing. played once. They haven't done a single thing. I, I, I It's astounding to me. And, and honestly, I think this is going to start to wear thin if we don't see some of these yeah. fruits of well, these we talked about soon. This, didn't we talk about this on the Niners News where I broke down like eight of their 11 third-round picks have just been complete trash? Yep. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, whoever's in charge of the third-round picks, I don't know if that's like – Kyle is like rounds one, two, and three, but man, you gotta, yeah, you gotta take the whoever's making those picks, take the power away from them and give it to whoever's picking in round fives and six because they yeah. tend to find everybody. Yep. Whether that's Adam Peters, whether that's like a local scout or a head scout that you have in your department, whoever's picking rounds five and six for this regime is doing a hell of a job because they hit yep. more often on those than they do anywhere else. So they do. Um, it's 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 hard to replenish when you're whiffing on these key picks, and when you take into account that the 49ers don't have any first round picks for the next two years, and they have seconds and thirds, you better button it up when it comes to picking those players because yep. you definitely need the depth of those positions on those rookie contracts to build a Super Bowl roster. And you know, a lot of people again were like, "This is a Super Bowl roster because we went in 2019." I'm like, "Man, listen, Sherman's not here. Sherman's not what 2019 Sherman was." Um, you know, Jason Verrett. Jason Verrett, by the way, didn't even he played one game that 2019 season against Pittsburgh. Smoked. We saw him burnt toast. One play he put his ass on IR, and you had 
Emmanuel Mosley and Akella Witherspoon opposite Richard Sherman. And then you had Kaylon Williams in the slot. And now all those guys either are gone or a year older or in Emmanuel Mosley's case, dealing with early injuries. It's not the same team and you can't look at it as the same team. Yeah. So to me, they were always like a borderline, like, oh, they're a playoff slash division winner. Like, you know, but I, I just couldn't see them as a Super Bowl roster just because of Jimmy Garoppolo and the cornerback room and the offensive line that I thought were just all interior offensive line to me has been a weakness, and I don't think they did enough. Yep, I agree. Um, let's get into some comments here. Um, Melissa's asking if we'll see more yes or no. Um, are those gone with the special guest shows? Those are major fun. I'm still over the moon. Happy you to ask me on. We'll do yes or no soon. We actually just yeah. haven't gotten into it, but we'll bring it back soon. I was actually thinking about it. I see my my yes or no cards right here. No. Maybe next week. We don't or, have any tonight, but for the for the Arizona game, we'll do yes or no. We'll definitely do some. Corey, yeah. I thought this was a funny comment. Seattle stats go out the window when they play the 49ers. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a stat that uh, Russell Wilson is 15-4 and four against the 49ers. And he's never lost three games consecutively. They've lost two in a row. So – Jimmy Garoppolo has also never lost two games consecutively. So something tells me that shift kind of goes to Russell Wilson as far as whose streak won't end. Yeah, I'm kind of worried about the game. I'm extremely worried about the game, unfortunately. Um, Melissa says, I tried to ask this early. Do you think these flare-ups injuries for Kittle are because he's being overused as a sixth offensive lineman? Yeah, I think they're – yeah, he's so good at blocking. I don't think that they can – keep him away from blocking. Um, I know that I think Kyle said that the injury was originally because somebody in the Detroit game stepped on Kittle. Um, and that was probably from him blocking. It's tough, right? Like he's such a good playmaker. It's like, man, why do you have him in, in traffic all the time? And it's because he's so good at blocking. When you look at the top flight, I mean, we all know Travis Kelsey is, is the guy right now, right? Travis Kelsey blocks like shit Mm -hmm. and that's okay. You don't need him to block you want him to chip and then release. And that I think that's a similar thing for Kittle. And Kittle just has that mindset. He's just – he's one of those guys that, you know, I think Kittle has like three good years left, and then his body is going to betray him, really. And it, because he just plays so hard, so hard. You love to see it, and he's so skilled. But at the same time, it seems like he has some kind of nick, nicked-up injury, like every – you know, this lingering – minor whatever injury every single year the 2019 season even you know i felt like he was nicked up a little bit the season where he set the the record uh 2018 i think it was that was the only year where i was like oh george kittle's not injured you know his his rookie year he wasn't really injured because he didn't really play but then his second year he had the shoulder injury in the preseason and that's why to this day he still you know he was wearing that that shoulder guard thing um you know, the knee injuries, Buda Baker taking him out, um, all this stuff where you're just like, man, it's just, I don't know. And I think that's, it's just Kittle, Kittle needs to learn how to, much like Bryce Harper in his early days and, and Fernando Tatis in baseball, how I feel right now, they play too hard for what your body can take. And I think they, I think Kittle needs to learn to pick his spots. It can't always be a hundred miles an hour. Sometimes you have to feather the clutch a little bit and just be like, you know, mm, I'm going to take this one off. And the perfect illustration was the catch that he caught against the Raiders in the preseason 
Where it's like, why are you trying to bowl over two dudes in the preseason who aren't even going to make their fucking roster? Like, just go out of bounds. It's okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay to go out of bounds. Live to play another down. Because you trying to stretch for that two yards is not worth you missing four games with a sprained ankle or right now a strained calf or a sore calf or whatever. He's probably going to play, but he might not be as effective. So I don't know. Yeah. To me, he plays too hard. and it's It kind of sucks. He needs to pick his moments. Well said. Yeah. Um, fast says, I wish I live in a gambling state so I could support y'all through my bookie. What a great way to get into our sponsors. Um, Do it. So we'll start off with. That was terrible last week. That's all right. Start off with my bookie, guys. Um, we have a fantastic week. Obviously, Tom Brady's returning to New England for the biggest game of the year, and the stakes have never been higher at my bookie. Whether you're back in the Bucks or the Pats this Sunday, the game is always more exciting when you got money on it at my bookie. Get in on the action and take this game to a whole new level at my bookie. Both teams are sporting top defenses, and nobody knows each other other than Tom. Better than excuse me, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Um, they are extremely familiar with each other. Slow and steady wins the race. Smart money bets the under. Don't wait around. Join my bookie now and bet on the biggest game of the season. Use promo code HIVE, as in 49ers HIVE, to double your first deposit up to $1,000. You deposit $10, they'll match $10. You deposit $1,000, they'll match you $1,000. Again, our promo code is HIVE, H-I-V-E, to get double your first deposit with my bookie and start your winning season today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And they'll also give you a $20 casino chip to the MyBookie Casino. So head over to MyBookie.ag right now. Enter promo code HIVE. It's a fantastic promo they have going on, guys. And it's not going to be a long, around, excuse me, much longer. So go check it out. Um, next, we have to thank... Wait Baker a second. Gold. Before you do that, I just want to tell you. I follow the bar. So I know you said... Listen, I know you got to do your ad read. And I know you got to... Slow and steady wins the race. Always bet the under. I... I'm personally on the bar stool, the big cat side of it. Always bet the over. I'm team over, baby. Always All right. Okay. Team under, team over. You guys head to mybookie.ag. But go to mybookie.ag. Promo code right. high. Place your bets. You won't be disappointed. That's right. And Melissa knows what's up because she is saying gold stamp, gold stamp, gold stamp. Gold That's stamp. Right. Baby. Get your envelopes ready. Head over to Acre Gold. Uh, link, click the link in the description below. Go to Acre Gold and start buying gold for as little as $50 a month. Once you read the market price of two and a half grams, they will send you what Mike, Matt likes to call our gold stamp. Um, it's two and a half grams of gold. It's a tiny little gold bar, but it's great. That way you don't have to fork out hundreds of dollars at once to buy your gold. You could chip away at it and without even noticing. And then you just get gold in the mail in a secure, discreet package. It's fantastic. Um, next, we have to thank 81 Vino. 81 by Terrell Owens. 49ers legendary receiver started his own wine company. You guys got to go check it out. 81vino.com. Enter code HIVE. We'll get you 10% off and also free shipping on two or more bottles. Thank you, Terrell Owens and 81 Vino for sponsoring the show. Lastly, shop49ershive.com. Head over to our merch store. Go check it out, guys. Um, this Trey Lance print behind me, it's available in this portrait. You also have it in clothing. Melissa uh, chose the draft night hoodie for her giveaway merch that she won a few episodes ago we have tumblers we have clothes we have a bunch of stuff go check out shop49ers5.com enter code rgs15 for 15 percent off your entire purchase rgs15 it's on the screen i wanted to do the uh 
the bottle for 81 Vino last week, but because I drank it so long ago, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that might that might be a tough tough thing to and do. And also Acre Gold, I give it my 2.5 gram stamp of approval. There you go. So go check out support support the sponsors that support the show. We really do appreciate all of you guys. And you know what? I listen. I love the hoodie that Melissa picked out. Um, it looks awesome. I know that she's saying in the comments that the merch is is fire, best hoodie ever. Listen, man, them hoodies are so fire. I can't even get one on, on the free on the freebie. I'm gonna have to buy one. But I'm so curious that I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it because <laughs> it looks so comfortable. Not that I really need hoodies down here in San Diego, but I mean, I probably could swing it. You know, it, it's funny because I sent Stefan a hoodie um, just to say thanks because he edits all of our audio. He does everything yeah. for us and he doesn't ask for anything. And I figured, hey, a hoodie is kind of better than just a shirt. Uh, but then he kind of said thanks for it. However, it's like 90 degrees here for the next six months. And I was like, ah, all right. Well, yeah, I but tried. at least it gets at least it gets cold in Germany, dude. It never gets cold in San Diego. That's true. That that is true. Yeah, I know he gets cold over there. I'm trying to pull up the uh, draft. Plus, you're gonna hide his skinny does. arms. He does have some very tiny arms. He has some skinny arms. There's the draft night hoodie. But that's a good hoodie, man. That's a great choice. It's got a hoodie. We also have it in. Zip up sweaters, prints, crew necks, tumblers. Oh, I like whatever. the women's slouchy sweatshirt. You like that? Bedtime PJs. Right? It's lovely. Trey Lance is a very handsome young man. So go check that out. Code RGS15, 15% off. Um, let's ask if I ever got my second gold stamp. It's actually in the mail. So we should be getting it soon. Do I get a gold stamp? <laughs> if you head over to click in the link ah click the link in the description. Oh, okay. I might have to go get one. It's cool. It's cool. St Steve had to throw this in there like a Geico lizard. Stefan. It's just a hilarious right? comparison. But the Geico lizard is like it's skinny like Stefan with a voice like Scott. That's true. That's exactly right on there. Yep. You know. Yep. Repping right. repping our Euro contingent. Much love to all the guys who are sleeping right now. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> Fernando says, Kyle said he still regrets losing DJ Reed and Kerry Hyder. Should have never let them go. I think DJ Reed, they were justified in letting go. He hadn't shown much. Kerry Hyder, I wanted back, but I don't think they could have afforded him. No, definitely not. And they're, listen, we haven't talked about it, but D Ford's played in all three games so far. Mm-hmm. He only has one sack as far as I'm aware, but that's not to say that he can't, you know, make an impact going forward. It's still too early to, to play that game. You yep. know what I mean? So exactly. As far as right. DJ Reed, it's whatever, man. I would take Hufango over Reed any day of the week. Yep. All right, Matt. Let's uh get into these let's predictions. Yes. Wrap this show up. Yes. Let's start off with our offensive MVP predictions. Take it away. Hold up, before we do that, Jay Good 49. Jimmy can't hit a screen to Kyle Juszczyk without hitting his back leg, his back calf. So I don't hear that shit. He missed one slant. He still does more for this offense, I feel like. 
I'd like to see Jimmy. It's we know what Jimmy is, man. It's time like get the get the new blood in there. He's gonna make mistakes. We've never said he's not. But Jimmy year eight is making similar mistakes to what Lance is, is doing. So yeah. I'd like anyway, to see offensive prediction. Real quick, I'd like to see Jimmy hit that throw to Sherfield that Trent Trey hit in preseason. I don't think Jimmy could hit that. Oh, never. Never. It was over 20 yards outside of the hashes. Jimmy had never hit a throw like that. Exactly. Uh, Ian Sharp knows what's up. Let's get into these predictions. Yeah. Offensive MVP, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Elijah Mitchell. I'm going to say he has 78 yards and a touchdown. But that if that's MVP, you know where I'm going with my prediction overall. So go ahead with that. Yikes. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Last week, I went with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that crashed and burned miserably. Um, I'm going to go Trey Lance. I think Kyle finally gets smart and puts Trey in there enough to be the, the X factor, to be the determining factor for the 49ers. And I'm not going to finish that sentence because we'll wait until we give our score predictions. However, I think Trey is going to do a lot more than we've seen through three games, whether that's through the air or with his legs. I think he's going to be the X factor, and we're going to be looking back Sunday evening and saying, wow, I'm so glad Kyle finally used his brain and put Trey Lance in. Uh, Hey, you know, if it happens, it happens. I'm optimistic, man. Dude, is the over for this game really 51 and a half? That sounds about right. Oof. Both defenses have been pretty pretty trash at times. Seattle specifically. All right. Well, I said Barstool. So, okay, anyway, we'll get there. Defensive MVP, I'm going to go with Fred Warner. I think he's going to have a bounce back. Just kidding. We're going with my standing prediction, Nick Bosa, three sacks and a forced fumble. All right. I'm willing this shit into existence. It's going to happen. Okay. I like it. Um, gosh, for me, defensive MVP, it's Super tough. Warner. You know you want to. I want to do Warner, but I also – I want to do Warner too because he he owes us a good performance after last, last week. Okay. I'm going to go Warner because you're right. That's a good point. And he yep. owned up to it. I love yep. what he said in the post game. If you a want blown, to point fingers, point them at me. PI, yeah. He owes us. So I'm going to go Warner, and I think he gets a pick six on Russ, and I think he's just stout all day. He, I mean, he's going up against one of the best, if not the other, top linebacker at his position, Bobby Wagner, and I think he shows out. I think he shows up and shows out. All right, and finally for – Final score. Final score. All right. I Like I said, I got to go the Barstool route, so I always got to pick the over. But I also think that the 49ers can cover two and a half. So I'm going to go Seattle 28, 49ers 27. Wow. Okay. 28, 27, you said? Yep. That's funny. Uh, Cynthia Freeland, I think is how you pronounce her name, with NFL Network. She has it a one-point game as well, 25, 24. She's usually pretty good with her analytics. 49ers win in her, in her prediction. Oh, man. I'm going to say 49ers win – 27-23 and a nail biter. I think the defense this time does come up at the end. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the 49ers win, but this was one of the games that I had picked out before the season. And I think we talked about this on our season preview. 
this was one of the games where I'm like, man, this is like the first one where I'm like, ooh, they, they're probably going to lose this one. Yeah. I know the Green Bay game was a tough one for me, and it proved to be a really close game. But this was one where I'm like, oh, God, they might lose this one. So yeah. hopefully I'm wrong, but. I oof. hope so, man. I really do. Um, guys, drop your predictions in the, in the comments below, either in the live chat yep. or in the actual comments on YouTube. If you get it right, we'll send you some merch. Does YouTube actually uh, archive the live comments in the comment section? Do you know? No. So there, you have to click on the live chat button, and it, you can show it either all at once, or you can show them in real time as you're replaying the video. Gotcha. That's why it's a lot easier if you guys comment on the video instead comment of Comment on the video chat. with your final scores after the fact. Um, that'll help us out because we definitely want to give away something for one of you guys who gets the score right for sure. Yeah. And it, or if you want to tweet them at us, if you want to take a picture of your prediction, whatever the case may be, help us keep track because we get a lot of these predictions, especially through Twitter, and it's hard to keep track of everyone. Um, yeah, but I am sure. like 115% positive that if somebody guessed it right, they will be more than happy to let us know. So oh, yeah. please do so. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it, Matt. We are both equally nervous heading into tomorrow i think yeah we'll see how it goes man we'll really see how it goes we're either gonna have happy matt or ranting matt tomorrow depending on how it goes um i'd like to see them come away with victory it's finally uh you know for the first time all season they're going to have a normal san francisco 105 kickoff um hopefully that bodes well for them in that time spot, I it just you know it, the two East Coast games early at ten o'clock um, Pacific time, and then the prime time game, they're really gonna have to you know buckle down. But hopefully, you know they can hopefully they can overcome twenty twenty where they were one and seven at home uh, and have a better home record. But we'll, we'll see. Seattle is gonna be a test. Um, Seattle is struggling. They're one and two. This is. You know, if if you're a shark and you're a Super Bowl team, you smell blood in the water, and this 49ers team needs to come out sharp. They need to come out quick. Multiple first downs in the first quarter, multiple points in the first quarter, and don't let Seattle get ahead. They start really quickly, but they fade away at the stretch. Just blow them out of the gate and, and just make it an easy day that you can, you know, you can just kind of – dust your hands off and go about your business because uh, Arizona is going to be a tough test. Um, don't look ahead, but definitely go out there and take care of your business. Bro, the fact that you needed to say multiple first downs in the first half, I think says all we need to know. Collie, get out of here. I'm only Chunk slightly Matt. intoxicated. <laughs> Our guy, Deion, so the 49ers have to come out and punch them straight in the punch mouth. Exactly. And uh, is it Boulevard says four quarters of 49ers football for 49ers? Excuse me. We need to see it straight. We haven't seen four straight quarters of good football from the Niners. We need to see it in order for them to win this game. By the way, I'm actually not even really intoxicated. I had two beers, but uh, you're hammered. I had, a, I had to wake up at 4:45 to go to a pediatrics clinical this morning, so I had to work in the hospital today. I think that in com- combined with your lack of combined, sleep. yeah, I'm, I'm a little tired. I'm gonna go to bed right now, so. Yeah. All right, guys, I smell dinner ready for me, so I'm going to head out. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I know it was a late show. Appreciate all of you yeah. guys for tuning in. Join us tomorrow after the game. We will be live, breaking it all down, good yeah. or bad. You know, I think we'll we're going to actually, by the way, I think we're actually going to wait for Kyle to do his presser because I'm really interested to see what he's going to say, win or lose. 
So we're going to wait till after the presser. Niner Gang Podcast, me and Matt are one and the same. Hey, I got you. Um, but we want to wait to see what Kyle said. So please join us after the press conference tomorrow. We're going to go live with our reaction. Yep. All right. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you. Hit like, subscribe. The whole nine yards, you know it. Absolutely. Follow us on social media. You know where to find us. We love having you here as always. And for tomorrow and until next time, go Niners.